Good news, good news, good news. Welcome to this Good News Friday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, and we made it to the end of another week, and it's good news, good news all around. As a matter of fact, we have so much good news to share with you, I'm going to dive right in. <laughs> you know, I, I sometimes I get a little excited about the good news. Um, but I think that the reason why grows stronger every day, and that is, quite frankly, because there are so many people who are looking at the world through not rose-colored glasses, but quite the opposite. Does it get the feeling that some people are either going way too, you know, optimistic? Oh my gosh, everything's perfect, perfect, and we don't have any problems. And if I have problems with my life, I just switch churches because, you know, I switch spouses or cars or homes or whatever. The um, the the reason why so many people find themselves unhappy, of course, is the fact that they um, are doing that. They're taking uh, a just taking a page out of the the enemy's playbook and saying, okay, what are we doing here? Um, and I, I, I really appreciate the fact that there are so many people who are willing to take a stand for what is true and right and good and godly. And we'll also take a look at the fact that when the good and godly is not necessarily popular or politically correct, that doesn't seem to phase them. Case in point, I want to bring up a good news story here that involves the issue of COVID. And I don't want to, you know, I'll be honest with you, I don't want to get to the point where this becomes one of those things where I mention COVID and we break up into two groups and start discussing. You know, I mean, that's that's just not what we're about here at the Bottom Line Show. Um, it, it's not a question of whether or not we are, you know, do we want COVID vaccine mandates? Do we not want COVID vaccine mandates? Do we want to be, you know, uh, people who have a certain level, measure of autonomy or not. That's really not, I believe, for us as Christians to decide. I mean, I really, I think that everybody has to do what's right in their own um, eyes, in their own, uh, you know, their relationship with the Lord. And when we do that, then we are really living as under the Lord, as opposed to the people who are, you know, kind of really focusing on trying to uh, keep other people apart. This is my mandate. This is my, you know, uh, what I what I believe everybody should be doing. And we just kind of move on from there. Um, case in point, when it comes to vaccine mandates and things of that nature, you've heard me say often on the program that I think that the best thing for us to do as believers is to follow the law within reason, but also take a look at the rationale behind the law. You know, what what is actually behind it? When COVID was first unleashed upon the population back in March of 2020, initially what we were told was if we take two weeks or 15 days to stop the spread, then we will, um, we'll, we'll be safe. We should be fine. You know, Dr. Fauci was quoted in many sites as saying, you know, no vaccine mandate necessary. We would just, you know, let's all take a breath. And you know what? I'll be honest with you. During the initial days of the uh, pandemic, it was kind of refreshing. Did the show on, we pre-recorded bottom line. We kept broadcasting, but I've got a little pre-recording uh, device and I'd record it, send it to Tamara. She'd produce it. They'd send it to the studio. Uh, I think Todd Stickler was our, uh, our broadcast engineer was still going into the studio, but we only had one person, you know, go in there at the time. We really used a lot of caution. And then over time, we began to see that, you know, okay, well, maybe it's bad, maybe it's not, but, you know, it was kind of nice to see the clean air, you know, not so many cars on the road. Uh, people were kind of mellowing out a little bit in that regard. 
finding out maybe they didn't need to work as much. Maybe they could sell their home and move to a cheaper place to live and have enough resources. And all of us, it really was just kind of a paradigm shift for the whole uh, world as everybody was on this global uh, lockdown. And then you began to see, you know, you knew it would last for long, the utopia part. Then the government officials start showing up and then we get the emergency orders, the executive actions. By the way, for those who are listening here in the People's Republic of California, I realize this is Good News Friday, but do you know that California is still under an emergency executive order regarding the pandemic? And that emergency order will end on February the 23rd, 2023, or February 28th, 2023. Do you know what that means? That means that even though President Biden has gone so far as to uh, basically acknowledge, look, it's over. There's no more pandemic. It's moved to endemic, which is and all endemic means is basically it's going to be around. People are going to get it, you know, like the flu. It happens. Deal with it. But some governors and some legislators are still acting like this is an emergency. It's a crisis. Oh, there's 30 more variants. Oh, you've, if you don't get the shot, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. And the reality is there were a lot of different agencies that were shut down. Organizations, schools were closed, did irreparable damage, I think, to the progression of a lot of students who are in the public school system. And quite frankly, opened the eyes of parents to other things about the school system, like maybe I should go to a Christian school. Maybe I should be involved in a uh, in a, a homeschool co-op. Maybe I should be doing this differently, which I think we needed to do. A lot of churches and the way they did business as churches, you know, in terms of the programs they ran, et cetera, et cetera, got a big wake-up call. Some smaller churches and some larger churches went under during the pandemic because there was membership changes. People stopped going. Uh, there were a lot of people who have, uh, older people especially, who really benefited from being around other people who said, well, it's nice to be able to see my church on TV or on Facebook or wherever, but I miss being around people. That's a huge thing. I mean, I know even me, introverted me, work in a booth by myself with one engineer, you know, Joel's crossed glass today. It's just the two of us. Uh, Teresa and Crystal are out, you know, answering phones and stuff like that. And they will for Good News Friday. We do have a giveaway today. But for the most part, we all kind of work by ourselves and then we get in our individual cars and go home. And the only other people you're around are people in cars, in traffic. You know, it, 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 it really was a game changer for a lot of folks. Uh, you heard me have a conversation uh, last week with Daniel Fusco, a pastor in Vancouver, Washington, who said that the pandemic coupled with the race riots, you know, they're 10, minute, 10 minutes away from Portland, Oregon in Vancouver, Washington. And he said, you know, when you figure the lockdown of the church plus 150 days straight of rioting in downtown Portland, um, you have to wonder why so many people were, you know, kind of mellow and, oh, okay, well, whatever. But what was really interesting to me was the way the church handled the lockdown. I get the first two weeks. Nobody really knew. Let's all go on Facebook. Um, a lot of churches realized they didn't have streaming to do it properly. Other churches, like our church, said, okay, we're going to start investing. We actually moved staff around. We actually, I'm no longer on staff at my church, <laughs> largely because we made some decisions in terms of, I'm not paid staff, um, because we needed someone to direct the video. We needed more equipment. We needed better cameras. We needed whatever. And I'm not saying I got traded for equipment, but I mean, it was a, definitely we had another pastor who was a part-time teaching pastor who's now volunteering because those, I mean, that's where the culture's gone. The leadership changes and things like that. So, the reason I'm bringing all that up is there were many pastors who said, hold on a second. 
Hebrews 10.25, let us not give us meeting up meeting together as those are often want to do. Let Getting together once a week for an hour, hour and a half, two hours is part of who we are as Christians. And we aren't living in a third world country and we aren't living in a communist lockdown. And so therefore, because of that, we still have the legal right to get together. And the churches were being punished more severely than the non-church organizations. And it became evident as more and more lawsuits started showing up. You know, churches, Don MacArthur's church and Godspeed Calvary Chapel and Simi Valley. I mean, there, there, were, there were people who were starting to fight back. I actually talked to a couple of pastors on uh, basically under the cover of anonymity who said, hey, um, you know, just to be honest with you, we never stopped meeting. We didn't make a big deal out of it, but we just never stopped meeting. Well, some pastors, though, it appeared were being used as examples. I think John MacArthur's church is one of them. I mean, in California, we had six different cases go to the Supreme Court, and in every single case, Governor Newsom was ruled against. Well, I mentioned this is Good News Friday here on the Bottom Line Show, and our good news story to kick things off involves a Canadian pastor who was arrested twice last year for defying the Canadian government's public health restrictions against the COVID-19 pandemic. But in the Provincial Court of Alberta, Pastor Tim Stevens of Fairview Baptist Church in Calgary uh, has been acquitted, exonerated of all public health-related charges regarding social distancing. That's according to the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedoms. Those are the representatives in Canada who uh, were the advocates for Pastor Stevens. In a press release, they announced, we are pleased that the court has acquitted Pastor Stevens on the charges of not complying with a public health order. Pastor Stevens was illegally arrested and imprisoned for having allegedly violated the public health orders, which has since to be shown to be ineffective and harmful. This decision sets the record straight about the justifiability of his actions and about the importance of respecting the Charter's rights and freedoms. The Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms is a part of Canada's constitution. It's the highest law in Canada. Basically, here's what happened. He had been arrested twice for violating the orders, but it was the second arrest you may have heard of the most. He, police used a helicopter to track him. They found out he was holding outdoor worship services, and they said he was, he was flouting pandemic health orders. They said you can't meet inside because of social distancing and not wearing masks. They said I'll meet outside. When they found out he was meeting outside, that wasn't good enough. And so basically they used helicopters to find the park where he was meeting. They eventually showed up at his home and drug him away. He spent 18 days in prison before he was released on July the 1st. And at the time of his release, something happened. Alberta's public health order had been revoked. Um, in addition to spending 21 days in jail total between his two arrests, Pastor Stevens was also cited six different times for allegedly uh, public disobedience. All of those citations were dropped, and there were two other tickets that were also dropped as well. By the way, um, uh, do you know how many cases of COVID had been reported? By July of 2021, remember the, pan the pandemic was declared in March of 2020. Canada has a population of around 35 million people. Do you know how many cases had been reported in Canada? Canada has the lockdown of the borders. Canada had the mandatory vax jab booster thing. Do you know how many in the first 15 months of the pandemic there were, are you ready for this? 
951 cases of COVID in Canada. Now, people will say, well, it's because of the lockdown. It's because of the jab and this, that, and the other thing. 951 cases out of 35 million people, and they locked down the border? My friend and colleague Neil Boron broadcasts at WDCX in Buffalo. His wife works in Canada. They have Canadian uh, residency. He got to go this past week to visit some of the advertisers from Canada who advertise at WDCX. They haven't seen each other for almost three years. Unbelievable. But good news that Pastor Tim Stevens has been released and exonerated of all charges in Canada. That is really good news to hear, and we've got a link for his story up at thebottomlineshow.com. As we continue, let's take a moment just to breathe deeply, just kind of chill a little bit. Have you ever had one of those moments where you went off on like a prayer retreat or spent some time just in quiet prayer on your own? Do you know there's some benefit to doing this on a regular basis? Dr. Marie Chapian has written a book about this called Quiet Prayer, The Hidden Purpose and Power of Christian Meditation. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. She's going to join me to talk about this concept on the other side of this break as The Bottom Line continues. You never know what little thing you can do for someone that can make a change in their life. Personal injury attorney Stephanie Cover has a servant's heart. She will do everything in her power to fully restore you to what your life was like before your injury using her 25 years of experience to fight for the fair value of your case. Stephanie puts others first and works tirelessly for her clients. Even when she can't help through representation, she does everything she can do to connect people with the help they need through spreading the word of God and sharing her community. Stephanie Cover is grateful for what she has and tries to give back however she can. She believes that as a Christian, you don't turn your back on anyone. Save her number or call now. 877-214-4935. 877-214-4935. That's 877-214-4935. Then fill out a contact form at kbrightradio.com slash coverlaw. Stephanie Cover. She knows the other side. It's amazing how in the hubbub and hustle and bustle of everyday life, how many of us say, I, I, I need to have my quiet time. I need to spend time just kind of, you know, being alone with the Lord, maybe with a scripture and a cup of coffee or which wouldn't calm me down at all but what is it about quietness and uh, and, and the opportunity to spend some time meditating on scripture and spending time in alone in god's presence that is kind of a foreign concept to us dr marie chapian is with me today here on the bottom line she's a new york times best-selling author pulitzer prize nominee and a, author of a book that i think is going to help us engage in this practice a bit more it's called quiet prayer the hidden purpose and power of christian meditation we have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Dr. Marie Chapian, welcome to The Bottom Line Show. Ah, thank you. I'm delighted to be here. Well, we're delighted to have you here, too. I should say welcome to The Bottom Line Show, but welcome back to Bright because I know you have uh, a lengthy history with our, our flagship affiliate here, and I think that's wonderful. Um, let's thank let's you. talk. Let, let's talk about this concept. Quiet prayer, we get. The power of Christian meditation. Some people are going to say, wait a minute, that sounds a little new agey to me. Help us understand what you mean by the power of Christian meditation. Yeah, I completely understand that because I had no uh, no experience with with any kind of meditation. I mean, I just thought meditation meant, you know, being, um, you know, concentrating on, on Scripture like, uh, you, you know, like this book of the law will not depart out of my mouth, Joshua 1.8. And really, it was Jesus himself who was the author of Christian meditation. Mm-hmm. When in Matthew 6, 6, he, de- he withdrew 
and explain to us, you do the same thing. Withdraw. Go into a quiet place. Be alone with God. You know, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. Just be alone with him. Know who you are, who he is, and be still. Quiet prayer, Christian meditation, actually. It's, um, then, then after, after the, the crucifixion of Jesus, the Christians had to flee Jerusalem and flee the, uh, uh, flee the persecution. And so they went off into the desert uh, and into the regions outside, outside by the mountains and such, just like, just like Paul did when he withdrew for three years to be alone with God. And, and I often think, you know, about, about Paul, that's what he was doing. He was being still with God to learn who he was and who God was. And that's what these pilgrims did when they left. Mm-hmm. Um, Jerusalem, when they left, they set up, they were called the Abbas and Amas of the desert. And mm-hmm. all they did was meditate. <laughs> and then, of course, they got together, they celebrated the presence of God, they grew their own food, they were alone. And then from there, it kept building and building and building, and that's when monasteries began. Mm-hmm. But you see, it's an ancient tradition. We go back 2,000 years. Mm-hmm. And unhappily, what, is hap- what happened was meditation, Christian meditation, was cloistered in the monasteries and cloistered behind cloistered walls. It wasn't really um, given to the laity as a way of life mm-hmm. until now, just in the last maybe, what, 20, 30 years have we as Christians come into the uh, the beautiful reality and practice of quiet prayer, Christian meditation. I call it, if you could say quiet, you could say Christian meditation, but, but what I write about is quiet prayer, Christian mm-hmm. meditation and practice. Mm-hmm. And that's an important distinction to make. Dr. Marie Chafee and my guest today here on The Bottom Line. We have a link for the book, Quiet Prayer, The Hidden Purpose and Power of Christian Meditation, up at thebottomlineshow.com. And, and Dr. Chapin, I think that one of the things that it may sound a little foreign to our ears here in the, you know, the toward the end of 2022, where things have been so kind of hectic and crazy and busy, is we hear quiet meditation as, okay, take five minutes, take 10 minutes. And you're talking about take two years, take three years, you know, I mean, you're, it's, a, it's a whole, it's a whole different mindset. How, how do we start to begin to embrace, you know, solitude, meditation? I know some people, I mean, that are kind of extroverted. I have a daughter who's like this too. When the pandemic happened, she was on social media every five minutes. Anybody out there? Is anyone out there? There's, I got to talk to people and everything. And it's good to, for us to engage with the culture, obviously. And Jesus says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. But I think a lot of us have to really, it's an act of will that says, it's just me, God, his word, prayer. That's where I'm going to be for the next season of time. You know, talk- that is such a great, a great, great question. Because there is a big difference between pulling aside to rest for a few minutes or mm-hmm. daydream, um, that's all very good. You know, it's relaxing. Relaxation is a nice thing. Quiet prayer meditation is beyond that. What it is, is pulling aside from ourselves and for a, a designated period of time. Now, I teach um, 20 minutes is 20 minutes twice a day is optimum, you know, and more. But then I also explain in in the book 
uh, how to do a one-minute quiet prayer, 10 minutes, you know, because we don't always have that much time, but we do need to pull away from ourselves and the world around us. We need it. Our bodies, our minds, our souls, our spirits crave to be alone with God and still. And so what this is, what this, what quiet prayer is, it's quieting the clutter of our minds, because that's where we live. We live in our minds, and we're quieting it down and focusing on God. See, there's a big, big difference um, be- between just relaxing and thinking of nice, beautiful places, etc., and mm-hmm. that's all lovely. Yes, sit under a tree and relax. <laughs> but quiet prayer is a is a, is different. It's a lifetime process. It's a life transforming process. And that's why in this quiet prayer meditation and also I must say in the worldly stuff, there actually is physical uh um you know physical benefits. But in quiet prayer it's Jesus giving us those benefits. What happens is we we join him wordlessly. And I explain um, to the reader how uh, it takes desire to quiet ourselves down in our busy minds. It takes conscious effort uh, to release our needs, our wants, our desires, our hurts, our worries, etc., just to be in silence with Jesus. It's not easy. That's why it's called uh, practice. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because it's a, it's a it's a lifetime practice to pull aside, and the way I teach it in in this book and and the, and the book following it is um, by focus. We're focusing, and I teach how to do that, and how to and of course uh, sometimes it's it's great and sometimes it's different. It's a transforming process that we don't actually judge. You know, things fall away from us. Um, when we're when we learn, you see, what we learn in quiet prayer, we take into our daily lives, and that's the power of quiet prayer meditation. That's the power of it. Not while you're doing it, not while you're sitting in it. Oh, because that's sublime. But then it happens in your everyday life. Something is transformed. It transformed me. My mm. family said to me, "No, oh, mom, you're you're different." Let's you know, you used to get all excited about X, Y, Z, you know, and now you're cool. And I've been a Christian <laughs> all of my life, you know, 50 uh-huh. years. So to, to be transformed is a, is a lifetime process, you know. Um, we begin each of our sessions with committing ourselves and our attention on God, on God alone. And the minutes spent with him are a process of focus. A fascinating conversation today here on The Bottom Line with Dr. Marie Chapian. Her book is called Quiet Prayer, The Hidden Purpose and Power of Christian Meditation. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. It's a very practical book, a very helpful book, but especially it's something I think I was encouraged by what you just said, Dr. Chapian, about the fact that this was also something that was kind of a later-in-life discovery for you as God has revealed himself uh, to you in this way. And this is kind of a, a fascinating thing to know that a lot of our listeners would benefit from uh engaging in a practice like this. We're going to take a quick break and get back to a little bit more of the practical, the nuts and bolts. How do we do this and what kind of benefits can we expect from this? Not that this is a direct cause and effect, but rather what are the results that Dr. Chapian has seen in her ministry? Uh, More of my conversation with Dr. Marie Chapian in just a moment as the bottom line continues. 
Welcome back to The Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, Dr. Brie Chapian, my guest today here on The Bottom Line, and we're getting a good working definition of the concept of Christian meditation. No, it's not that home, you know, the transcendental stuff that you hear about in the New Age movement. It literally is what something she calls quiet prayer, the hidden purpose and power of Christian meditation. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com, and we have not one but two copies of the book to give away. And you know the deal. If you get a chance to listen to the first half hour, I always give uh, first half hour listeners first shot at the the giveaways. And so you get to call in first, 800-227-5278. is the number to get you through to the bottom line. We have two copies of Dr. Marie Chapian's book called Quiet Prayer, The Hidden Purpose and Power of Christian Meditation, 800-227-5278. That's the number to get you through to the bottom line. Uh, It's Psalm 4610, Be Still and Know That I Am God. It's if you've ever been a fan of Michael Card's music, he wrote a song about this concept many, many years ago called In Stillness and Simplicity. And it has a beautiful lyric uh, to, to go. And it's just, it's kind of a simple tune. Um, let me pull the lyrics up here. And, uh, well, maybe I'll get, um, maybe I'll read it for you afterward. No, I think we've got time. The lyrics, in stillness and simplicity and the silence of the heart I see, the mystery of eternity who lives inside of me. In stillness and simplicity, I hear the Spirit's silent plea that you, O Lord, are close to me in stillness and simplicity. You're the word who must be heard by those who listen quietly. Is the reason we're not still to hear you speak because we don't believe you will? In stillness and simplicity, I lose myself in finding thee, O Lord, you mean so much to me. In stillness and simplicity. So seek the one who dwells in you, the kingdom that within is true. That innermost reality, in stillness and simplicity. The words of Michael Card echoing and punctuating what we're talking about today here on The Bottom Line. More of my conversation on quiet prayer with Dr. Marie Chapian in just a moment as The Bottom Line continues. Ask about Dennis Wilson's exclusive 6% CD alternative. This unique real estate-backed investment has continued to perform exceptionally well in good times and in bad. I just reviewed a client file, and I really felt bad because in reviewing the file, I realized that if they had followed the advice they had received, if they had put the money in the CD alternative, as I had recommended, they would have earned enough to build a church in Africa. Instead, the money is still in the bank, earning nothing but dust. I realized how important it is to know it's God's money and we're just a good steward of it. One simple idea on the CD alternative would build a church in Africa. Honoring God and their clients by stewarding their money well. Call 800-696-9970. That's 800-696-9970. Or fill out the contact form at kbrightradio.com slash Wilson Financial for simply better alternatives. Dr. Marie Chapian is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. We're talking about her book called the Quiet, or called Quiet Prayer, The Hidden Purpose and Power of Christian Meditation. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. And uh, Dr. Chapian, I appreciate the fact that you have uh, articulated so well in the opening segment. Anyone who didn't get a chance to hear it, they're just tuning in. I encourage you to go back to thebottomlineshow.com or Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Tune in and hear that uh, first segment because it'll set the stage for what we're about to get into here at uh, part two of our conversation. And that is the fact that when you go into this, you know, quiet prayer, if you will, the power of Christian meditation, I like that term, quiet prayer. Um, oftentimes, let's face it, 
when we come before the Lord, we come and we're basically it's I got my legal pad. I've got my to do list. And, you know, we think of prayer as, okay, God, I'll tell you what to do and rub the bottle and make sure that you can do everything I want. And, and I mean, I don't want to I don't want to demean people who are list makers. I'm a chronic list maker. I do that. But one of the things that you write about in the book, one of the things you write about in your book is is helping us kind of get real with who we are. And I want you to talk about how quiet prayer helps us get you know, more familiar with the, not just the, the, the us that we kind of are and we're afraid to let out, but who God made us to be and who God is making us to be in the sanctification process. Oh, I like that. I like, and I like what you said about rubbing the, <laughs> rubbing the bottle because I do want to stress uh, right from the get-go that quiet prayer is separate from our other forms of prayer. It does yes. not take the place of intercession and praise and worship and imprecation. Um, quiet prayer feeds and nourishes all of these um, forms of prayer that we engage in every single day of our lives. And also Bible study. It, mm-hmm. it, it, it nourishes our Bible study and our study of the Word. It doesn't take the place of it. And Bible study is not quiet prayer. It's contemplation. It's studying. As as Joshua wrote, this book of the law won't part from my mouth. I'll meditate in it day and night. In other words, I'm going to think about it. But meditation itself is not thinking. It's not thinking. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, and that's not easy. Yes. So, so how, yeah, do, how so, do we distinguish them? What happens when we start getting to know who we really are? During this process, we re- who we really are is our true self. Our true self is who God is within us. We have been born again, and since we have been born again, there is a love between within us. There is a freedom within us. David David said in Psalms uh, thirteen twelve, he said, "I have calmed and quieted myself." I'm like a weaned child with its mother, like a weaned child. I'm content. And there is a description, a trans, uh, translation of the word child in ancient Greek, and it means without wounds, woundless. Mm. And when we enter that frame of mind, that's what quiet prayer gives us, because we are able to see ourselves in God's eyes, and we're able to see him with his eyes. We bring ourselves to God to become uh, one with love in stillness and wordlessness. And we quiet our minds and put ourselves away from all conversation, all word, wordiness, and we open ourselves, you know, discover the power and beauty in the Lord that lives in us. Oftentimes, um, as a counselor and as a as a coach, I uh, I have to I have to show where where our power really is. Oftentimes we think it's outside us somewhere. Oh, God, please help me. That help is within us. That power is within us. Greater is he who is within us, you know, than anything in the world, anything around us. It's within us. Job said, uh, when he gives us quietness, then what can what trouble can we possibly make? And that trouble is usually with our minds. And that comes from these two places that I really want us to recognize here when we, when we talk about who we are in Christ, uh, generally speaking. And that is our true self 
and our false self. Our true self is that self who lives for God consciously and unconsciously because we've trained ourselves to put ourselves aside, which is our ego. Now, our ego does not like, our false self is our ego, and our ego really doesn't like to be quiet or um, be still before God because it means giving up control. So there's a part of us, in every one of us, that wants to control life. We want to control the world. You know, we don't want to be still and be at peace, like Job says, to be content in stillness. And like Paul says, I've learned in whatsoever state I'm in there with, to be content. When we look for circumstances to be content, we look, you know, we look for situations, we look for relationships. You know, I'm content today because things are going well, but there comes a time when things don't go well. There comes a time, you know, when we're in pain. I have a chapter in the book on on pain. You know, is pain the worst thing that we can ever experience? I don't think so. That's not what the Word of God tells us. The Word of God tells us we're overcomers, and where is that overcomer? But within us, by the power of God. And when we take the time to be still and access, that part of us, to access our true selves, and to be able to recognize in daily life that false self. Oh, how could they say that about me? And oh, my goodness, I can't take this anymore. And if this keeps going on, you know, I'm going to explode. And <laughs> yes. that's the false self. That's, the, that's not the real you. That's not the true you. That's right. that ego. And we were all born, you know, Paul said that, which I do. You know, I, I, I do not in that which I want right. to do. You Moment know, I seven. Do. So yeah. there's that du- duality there, and we yeah. all deal with it. Right. And so when we pinpoint what's going on, you know, because the false self could be called, you know, the flesh, uh, sin, and the true self walking in the spirit. And so in the book, I give a way. How do we recognize this in our daily life? Mm-hmm. And, and usually my experience has been, in the 10 or more years now since I've been walking this walk, which makes me a baby, really, a baby <laughs> pilgrim. Yeah. Um, uh, because there are those, you know, who've been walking in this, in this stillness for many, many more years, you know, since it's been introduced to the laity, as I explained. So, um, so the way then, when you ask how do we do it, that way is, first of all, to most important to set aside a time you know this is my time for my quiet prayer i sit down i set my timer and this is it i'm 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 focusing now and then in that focus time we select a sacred word call it a sacred word which i learned in sentiment prayer a sacred word where we choose a scripture verse something like um be still and know that i am god Mm -hmm. and when those thoughts begin to fly through our minds oh and they will we pull out our sacred word and speak it silently i'm not thinking that now no no not now right now i'm being still i'll think that later so for those 20 minutes, you see, it's really emotional and spiritual aerobics, <laughs> you know, in a way, yeah. because we are constantly returning to our focus. And that's the power of quiet prayer, that wow. return. 
And so there's no right or wrong, no good or bad. And we also learn that in quiet prayer. We, we learn to stop judging, beginning with ourselves. It happens to us. A miraculous thing happens to us that's just transforming. And honestly, I don't think there's any other way. I can pray. I've been an intercessor you know, for over 50 years, I've, yeah. I've walked in God. I've, you know, I've, I've lived in him. I've lived a life of prayer. And I find that pulling myself away from words, I get to understand and walk in and know the voiceless sound of God huh. are the, the wordless sounds of God, the language of God that transforms within, it's just without words. And it's a practice, like I was saying, you know, you practice it every day. This morning, it took me a while, you know, to kind of settle, I had a very busy morning and I sat down. Well, I decided, okay, 20 minutes isn't enough. I just set my clock for another 20 minutes. And then Mm -hmm. I was able to just let everything be where it belongs, not with me. You Mm -hmm. know, releasing Mm -hmm. myself from, you know, a schedule, from uh, what's going on in the world, what's going on around me. And that's a really, really super beautiful thing Mm -hmm. (laughs) to be able to have those moments of freedom that we then are able to recall in our daily lives. Wow. And go that, 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 that's an encouraging uh, uh, practice and a, a, a dynamic result as well. And I, I commend this book to our listeners as we wrap up our conversation here today. Dr. Marie Chapian has been my guest. The book is called Quiet Prayer, something you, well worth your exploration. The subtitle of the book, The Hidden Purpose and Power of Christian Meditation, but it's far more than just what you might imagine or have seen characterized on television or in the media uh, it's a whole deeper level of relationship with god and that this book will be a great guide to help you get there in that journey uh the book is up at the bottom line show.com dr marie chapian thank you for your time though welcome back to the kbrt uh, broadcast facility here and thanks for being with us today here on the bottom line i've loved it thank you so much god bless <laughs> What a great conversation and a helpful definition from Dr. Marie Chapian today here on The Bottom Line. 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to The Bottom Line. Her book is called Quiet Prayer, The Hidden Purpose and Power of Christian Meditation. We've got the link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com, and we have two copies of the book to give away, 800-227-5278. I don't want to put any words in Teresa or Crystal's uh, you know, respective uh, vocabularies here, but I am going to throw this out here that if you are in need of prayer, we'll be happy to pray with you and for you when you call that number, 800-227-5278. We only have two copies of this book to give away, but if you need a resource that will help you in this regard, I'm going to ask the ladies if they would uh, do their due diligence and see what we can come up with to help you in that regard, because I know that these are challenging times for people. We've got Thanksgiving coming coming up less than a week away, and there are a lot of folks who are Looking at the holiday with a certain measure of dread, either it's overwhelming, how do I prepare the meal for all these people, or maybe it's a time of silence and solitude that you don't want, and you're saying, my goodness, I'm going to be by myself on this uh, on this holiday, and I, I don't want to be that way, and, um, and and I'm lonely. You know, I mean, there are people who are experiencing that right now. We have... Uh, you know, we have a large family, but we're all spread out all across four states or three states anyway. 
and people are in various stages of where no four states and wherever they are and i know that we've got some members who are saying this is great we're going to be together with family and friends and others who are saying we're going to be by ourselves and that really stinks and others who are saying we're going to be by ourselves and that's really good <laughs> but i want to encourage you if you can be alone with god in quiet prayer just you and god i mean that holy spirit connection you will be amazed at how well you will do with the places that he leads you. I, I, um, Dr. Marie Chapian's book is, is powerful. I want to take a quick break here. We'll give the phone number again, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278. 800 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. We have two copies of her book, Quiet Prayer, to give away, and I'd love for you to receive one of those copies. On the other side of this break, I want to share something personal with you that is kind of a good news revolution and revelation and breakthrough that I hope might be an encouragement for you, especially as we go into this weekend. That's coming up next as the bottom line continues. I was thinking about this over the weekend, uh, how many young women were voting in the last election, and they were voting because they thought their constitutional rights were being taken away. And what they didn't find out from the Democrat Party that was telling them this was that basically because Roe versus Wade was overturned, that they felt that there was this huge legal issue. And I wonder how many young women were so focused on the legal part, they forgot to focus on the baby part. Our friends at Preborn have been helping people for years understand, like a young woman who goes into the, the center, has an ultrasound. She's with her boyfriend, who's the father of the baby. Mom sees the baby for the first time and says, that's a baby. Dad hears the heartbeat and says, that's a baby. And they're actually surprised about this fact. But this is what Preborn does, tells the truth. And your $28 donation right now will help save the life of another baby. I mean, 83 out of 100 women who go to a preborn clinic and get the ultrasound wind up keeping their child or releasing that child for adoption. We've saved over 200 babies so far during this campaign. Will you help us save 200 more? 833-850-BABY is the number to call. 833-850-2229 or click the preborn banner when you go to thebottomlineshow.com or kbrightradio.com today. Welcome back to The Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Good News Friday edition of the program. And my thanks again to Dr. Marie Chapian, the author of the book, Quiet Prayer, The Hidden Purpose and Power of Christian Meditation. No, it's not that home meditation, but we're talking about just being still before the Lord, meditating on Scripture, meditating on God's goodness and and, and the things that he has done for you, the things he's seen you through. Um, 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. We have two copies of Marie Chapian's book, Quiet Prayer, The Hidden Purpose and Power of Christian Meditation, 800-227-5278, is the number to get you through to the bottom line. I mentioned before the break um, something that happened to me this week, and uh, I want to share it with you. First, I, I want to give you an update, um, another Good News Friday story that is can't wait to share. And that is um, uh, the first weekend in November was the Southern California Harvest Crusade. It's the only activity that happens at Angel Stadium after the end of September. Uh, Yeah, that was a pointed remark if you're a baseball fan. Todd's cracking up right now. Uh, Because the Angels have not made the playoffs since 2014. And everybody likes to talk about October baseball. The Harvest Crusade has typically uh, been a huge draw. And then COVID happened and they had to do it online. And the streams online were great. But they uh, usually take over Angel Stadium. This year, they did it November 5th and 6th instead of in the middle of August. And weather's a little cooler. And uh, in terms of the the numbers, they weren't huge by harvest standards. I mean, to be perfectly frank, Um, I remember being at the Harvest Crusade, I think in 2019, was there with Dr. Dobson's family talk. 
And, you know, we talk about hundreds of thousands of people who showed up over the course of a three-day weekend because you could get 40,000, 50,000 people per night. This was only a two-day event. Um, they on The online audience was, you know, huge, several hundred thousand. This time it wasn't quite as big. On a two-day event, they had about 50,000 people between the two days, which is still huge. And... 160,000 people watching online. There were 600 different social media pages and radio stations covering this event. And the music's always great. Uh, Crowder was there. Newsboys were there. Uh, Jeremy Camp, Phil Wickham. I'm not familiar with Andy Mineo, but apparently Andy Mineo was great as well. Um, it, it was interesting, though, because the uh, the... There's a new movie coming out in the spring called Jesus Revolution. It's a story about the uh, the Jesus People movement that happened in Southern California in the 60s and 70s. Uh, it's Calvary Chapel, basically Costa Mesa. Kelsey Grammer is playing Chuck Smith. Jonathan Rumi, who plays Jesus in The Chosen, is playing Lonnie Frisbee. And a guy called Joel Courtney is playing Greg Laurie. And so there's Greg Laurie you now in his 60s. Uh, preaching you know, this harvest event that started in, I believe, 1990, the old Pacific Amphitheater, the uh, Costa Mesa, Orange County Fairgrounds. And uh, Greg just, he took a week at the Pacific Amphitheater, preached the gospel every night, and thousands of kids came to faith. Um, this year's event with more than 50,000 people in attendance, this is the thing that I find so encouraging. Um, I, I, I believe God is a God of proportions. I honestly and truly believe that. And... God is a proportional God. Years ago, there was a, a, a musician by the name of Jeremy Talbot, and uh, or Jeremy Dalton, I think. Anyway, he um, he had written some songs for other artists, and he I think he was big in some parts of the country, not in SoCal. And he came to uh, the uh, Coachella Valley. He did a concert for a church. It was in Indio or something like that. It was a Sunday night. He was doing it as a free will offering. And I remember him telling me the story. He came out to the church. He got there on that Sunday night. There might have been 15 or 20 people in the church. And he's up there with his guitar and singing the piano and singing songs. And he thought, oh, Lord, this is, you know, nothing personal, but I'm doing this for an offering. I drove out here, paid my own gas. My wife's with me. We've got a few tapes to sell, but there's not many people here. And I'm not going to make a lot of money. He said, so I started playing and I'm singing the songs. And I, I really started feeling bad for myself. I said, hey, I'm not going to make any money tonight. I drove all the way out here. He said, and then I said, if anyone, you know, if the spirit moved in your heart, if anyone would like to receive the call of Christ, I'm here. And I come forward. And he said, 10 people came up. And they prayed and they were baptizing. And afterwards, he said, I don't remember what the church gave him 100 bucks or whatever. But afterwards, the pastor came up to him and he said, man, I just, I'm in awe of what God did with you tonight. He said, I've never had a moment when I preached the gospel and half of the people I was preaching to came forward. He said, that's when I realized I didn't focus on the fact that it was 10 people. I focused on the fact that it was 50% of the crowd. God's a God of proportions. You know, the mustard seed is the smallest seed, but it makes the biggest plant that has more mustard seeds come out of it, that type of thing. So when I saw that the Harvest Crusade attendance was only around 50,000, I thought, well, that's kind of, I mean, that was one good day back in the day. Now that's for the entire event. And 160,000 people online, I mean, they had close to a million in some of these other events. But then I saw the number of people who came forward. There were 8,600 people who came forward and gave their hearts to the Lord. 
That's almost 20% of the people who came. I've seen Harvest Crusades where they had several hundred thousand people in attendance and about 3,000 people made decisions for Christ. So the fact that there was nearly, I mean, a good, what is that, 15, 16, 17%, almost almost one out of every five people who came to the Harvest Crusade a couple weekends ago in Southern California gave their lives to the Lord. That got me excited. So that is definitely good news here on the Bottom Line Show today. Still taking your calls for Dr. Marie Chapian's book, 800-227-5278. The book is Quiet Prayer, The Hidden Purpose and Power of Christian Meditation. Two copies to give away, 800-227-5278. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, I want to share with you my revelation that happened just this past week, and, uh, and I hope it can be an encouragement to you as well about if you're feeling alone coming up on the holiday you know thanksgiving is a time when you're together with family and sometimes you're not and you're just kind of feeling empty i have a a word of encouragement for you on the other side of this break as the bottom line continues bless your children with the help you've always wanted to give them newport bay mortgage works with your unique circumstances to explain the benefits of a reverse mortgage in today's market act now and provide for your family in need by gifting them a fraction of the fruits of your labor With Newport Bay Mortgage, you can clarify the advantages of a reverse mortgage in your specific situation with professional insights on the current market. Sharing the rewards of a reverse mortgage is a valuable act of service that helps your loved ones establish valuable financial security for the future. Use the gift from your home to contribute towards God's work and plans by blessing your family in need with real financial help. Make up your mind today to make a difference in the lives of those who mean the most to you. Start by calling Newport Bay Mortgage at 714-741-8080, 714-741-8080. Visit kbrightradio.com slash reverse or NMLS 332959. Newport Bay Mortgage is an equal opportunity housing lender. Welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Good news Friday edition of the program. We are just a couple of minutes away from concluding our giveaway for the book from Dr. Marie Chapian called Quiet Prayer, The Hidden Purpose and Power of Christian Meditation, really meditating and spending time in God's Word. 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278. That's the number to get you through to the bottom line. I was offering this book up as an encouragement to people who might be feeling like they're they're kind of lonely right now talking to uh, friends and family all across the country, where you spend Thanksgiving, how are you going to spend Christmas and the holiday, and hearing that kind of loneliness in the voice of some people saying, oh, I'll be here, but it's good, I'm kind of busy, and you know, whatever. And I was thinking about that loneliness and how one of the best ways we can kind of do a temperature check of our faith is how well we spend time alone with God, whether it's studying the Word or in song or um, reading a book like Dr. Marie Chapian's book about uh, the hidden purpose and power of, of quiet prayer, she calls it. But I had a, a meeting with a dear brother and sister uh, last week. We talked on the phone for a couple of hours, and we were discussing my journey in the broadcasting world. And uh, it was really intriguing because there are times, I mean, when you think about it, I've had the privilege of working in broadcasting. This is my 40th year. It'll be 40 years officially on July the 7th of 2023 and i didn't think i'd have 40 weeks <laughs> i mean i was i was, was going to be happy enough to make enough money to pay back my grandmother the 1500 dollars i borrowed to go to broadcasting school that was what my initial goal was stay employed long enough to pay back grandma that was it 
over the years, it's been so much fun. I mean, I mean, having daily conversation with you guys, not going anywhere, but just the, the, the dialogue, meeting the people I have in talk radio, music radio, television. I mean, there's so many fun things that have happened. But there have been times, I have to admit, where it's kind of lonely because there aren't a whole lot of people who do what I do. As a matter of fact, it was just last week I passed the seven-year anniversary of the death of my closest friend in the broadcasting world, Austin Hill. If you go back to my days at KYMS, the de- early days of the Bottom Line show, Austin was a frequent guest here on the program. Um, he and I were going to get together for a little phone conversation. He lives in Boise, Idaho, and I was here in Southern California. He sent me a, a, an email on a Friday night and said, uh, hey, can we get some time and talk? Just some things I want to bounce off you. He always had you know, that kind of younger brother needs big brother's advice. And I said, sure, sure, I could do it. But right now I was at a screening of the movie Risen when that came out. This is back in 2015. Can we talk sometime this weekend? He said, sure, no problem. And the following week, um, he had a, an, an embolism and he died. He had dinner with his family, went upstairs, sat in his easy chair, and literally went home to be with the Lord. And I remember how lonely I felt in that moment because I thought Austin really understood what I was doing. But he got it. And there aren't a lot of people who get the pastor thing and the broadcast thing and the whatever. So anyway, every year around this time, I get a little, you know, uh, what's a, I try to think, I start reflecting. I start reminiscing a little bit. And as I was having this conversation with this couple, this dear sweet couple, who I'll, I'll tell you more about later as, as things progress in our journey, they were really just affirming a lot of things that have happened in my career. And I got off the phone with them. I looked at Lisa. I said, you know, this is one of the first times in a while I haven't felt like I'm the only one who gets what I'm doing, like it's been me and God. And other people understand bits and pieces of it. But these two, this couple, they get the whole deal. And it's like God sent them here at this point to be that affirmation. And I want to be that affirmation for you, if I may. If you're really lonely right now, if you're if you're feeling like, it's just you and God and nobody else understands. Believe me, I don't know what specifically you're going through. But I want to say as a fellow sojourner who's making the journey through this world that is getting weirder and weirder by the day, we really are strangers and aliens in this foreign land. I want to be an encouragement to you. And please know that I'm here for you. And if you want to drop me a line and want some prayer, I'm happy to do that too. Maybe not in person, but I can send you back a prayer. Because God created us for community. And he never leads us in places that he's not walking with us. So even though you're the only one doing what you're doing and everybody else is doing something else, if you're walking with him, you will move mountains and you will accomplish great things. I I, I don't say that in a name it and claim it sense. I say that in a trust me and believe it sense. That is the good news of the gospel. And that's the bottom line. For our KCBC audience, enjoy the rest of your day and weekend. you got Rabbi Schneider coming up next. For those who remain on the network, another Good News Friday story about something that came out of the election and parents standing up for truth and what's right. We'll talk about that coming up next as the bottom line continues. Well, good news, good news, good news. Welcome to this Good News Friday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Martian, so grateful to share good news with you. You know, it's, it's interesting. I was flipping through the headlines this morning. And looking at the uh, the different stories that are making news, you know, whether it's uh, some fascinating threads about how the way the media misrepresents certain things and certain stories get reported on uh, leading up to like an election. And then all of a sudden after the election, it's oh, by the way, uh, there's one 
really great thread I found on Twitter, of all places. And I'm surprised Twitter would even put this up anymore. But then again, I'm not. Uh, the Twitter story is kind of interesting. If you tweet, I, I don't know how many people tweet. I don't typically do. But the fact that Elon Musk bought them for twice their stated market value and has let go uh, something like 90% of their executive staff and they're still running far more efficiently and actually will probably start turning a profit bet quicker uh, than if he had not taken over the company. But in this thread, it was a guy who's got a, a thread app where you could just take little bits of Twitter and make it into read it in one contiguous story. Listed no fewer than six major news headlines that have been designed to make conservatives look bad over the past, say, year and a half. And now it's they've all been proven... <laughs> All the stories that they were reporting on were false and everything the conservatives are saying were true. But here it is a week after the election and they're like, oh, oops, my bad. You know, and it's just it's proof yet again that we in the body of Christ need to be wise as serpents, gentle as doves. We need to be shrewd in our dealings with the world. And we have to be very skeptical of the things that we hear. And I appreciate, you know, when people drop me an email saying, are you sure something like that happened? Because, um, you know, I, I read it differently or I heard it differently. I welcome that. I really honestly do. This is not one of those call in and let's argue programs. It's, it's more of a let's share good information. And a lot of times it's me talking or me talking to a guest or whatever. And it's amazing how sometimes we'll open up the phones for a discussion and most people just kind of sit back and go, no, no, you go ahead. You and your guests talk about it. We're good. In this final half hour here on this Good News Friday, I want to share a couple of good news stories that to give you hope and motivation, especially as it pertains to the sanctity of human life. Because there was a time in the United States where you didn't just dream this. The culture, I was reading uh, The Daily Citizen, Jim Daly, Focus on the Family, uh, their publication that came out even just today, was talking about how quickly legislation and public opinion have changed with regard to the sanctity of human life. And I got a couple of stories here show not only how quickly things have changed, but how important it is for us in the body of Christ to move in the direction of the sanctity of human life. This is not to say that if you're a Christian, you have to be passionately pro-life in front of abortion clinics trying to shut them down, but rather as you have comings and goings dealing with people. I, I know that a lot of people will listen to the Bottom Line show and you might be providing care for an elderly relative, for example. Um, I, I, we hear from a lot of people, honestly, where uh, maybe mom or, or dad is in their late 80s or early 90s, and there's an adult child or maybe a grandchild kind of hanging out with them every day. I remember doing that for my mom's mother, my grandmother, who had Grandma B, uh, Grandma Benilius, we always just called her Grandma B. And uh, when she had uh, recovered from hip surgery, she had hip replacement surgery, and my mom had the summer off as a school teacher, so she was taking care of her and helping her get up and walking again, and um, they offered to pay me a certain amount of money to go up once a week and help her run errands and new groceries and stuff like that. And we used to sit and have lunch and talk. And I mean, she was mobile, but we still, you know, it got to the point where I stopped, I started just going up there. I didn't care about the money. I started going up there just because I wanted to see my grandmother. And it was nice to make the trek from Fullerton to Whittier and hang out with her up by Michigan Park where she lived and, and really enjoy that time. I didn't think of it as caregiving per se, but I realized that it was. And it was reinforcing in me, and I, I know the people who listen who are in that season too, reinforcing the sanctity and dignity of human life. And so I, I appreciate people who will take that stand. It's so much more than just the, as some on the left call it, the pro-birth agenda. Yeah, of course, we want to see every child that is conceived come to fruition. I mean, but to be able to live and thrive. And if not in the family of procreation, 
than in the family of adoption. It's one of the reasons we love our connection with our friends at Preborn. They, they take the left at its word. It says, we want facts. We want the science. We want to be, have it proven. And they say, okay. Preborn places uh, ultrasound machines in pregnancy health centers. Full stop. I love the fact that we're calling them pregnancy health centers now, and we've moved away from the crisis pregnancy center, as if the only reason a woman would come to one of those places is because she was involved in some kind of uh, uh, assault or attack or something like that, and the pregnancy was forced upon her. The number of women who conceive out of rape or incest is very, very small compared to the number of women who conceive, period, in the United States. And so not to minimize the one, but let's not over-dramatize it to the point where we say, hey, look, the vast majority of women who choose to abort children do so because they just don't want to be pregnant. They want to have sex. They just don't want to be pregnant. And if that was your story, I know there are a lot of post-abortive women who listen to the program. That's not to say that in a chiding fashion. That's statistically accurate. Look at the statistics from, I believe, the Charlotte Lozier Institute out of Texas. One of their reps was on with me a couple months ago, and she said, hey, basically, 3% of abortions in the United States might be deemed necessary, quote unquote. And that's, and by definition of necessary, either because the woman was forced into a sexual relationship that resulted in the pregnancy, or there's a, a medical challenge. But she said, then she followed up and said, well, look, most medical challenges nowadays, you can literally separate the mother from the baby. You can either take the baby out, you know, it's still in the amniotic, the whole bit, take the child out, do the surgery on mom, put the child back in, let the child incubate for a little while longer. Or you can deliver the child at 21, 22, 23 weeks, put the kid in uh, neonatal ICU, NICU, for several months, and it's like the regular pregnancy happened. You know, So we have the technology. But do we have the will? A couple of years ago, it was in the uh, fall of 2020, shortly before the presidential election, that a group of uh, nations internationally got together along with the United States and signed a declaration that said, basically, uh, there is no, I mean, there's no international right to abortion. I, I was stunned to be reminded of this uh, earlier this week. When I was reading in the Christian Post, Ryan Foley wrote a, an article that said, 37 countries have signed a pledge to uphold the pro-life, pro-family policies two years after the Geneva Consensus Declaration. Lawmakers, pro-life activists, and representatives of governments worldwide gathered on Capitol Hill yesterday to commemorate the second anniversary of the signing of the Geneva Consensus Declaration on Promoting Women's Health and Strengthening the Family. That is a bill that was signed by the U.S. along with nearly three dozen other countries, signed on October 22, 2020. No international right to abortion. Within months, Joe Biden had been declared the winner of the presidential election and the U.S. withdrew their support. How things have changed so quickly. People will lambaste President 45 for being rude, obnoxious, et cetera, et cetera. As a matter of fact, there's another article I read today, Four Reasons Why Christians Should Not Support Donald Trump's Candidacy for President. Uh, that'll be a subject for a different conversation. But today the focus is on the pro-life community. There were 32 nations that signed this Geneva Consensus Declaration that determined there was no international right to abortion. And uh, that was 32 nations back on October 22nd, 2020. This week, uh, that number jumped to 37, and that's without the United States. So what is it about this 
declaration that is so important. Well, here's a declaration that we're making as bottom line listers. We're making a declaration that says we are committed to telling the truth about the science behind pregnancy, human reproduction, conception, and raising children, and the dignity and sanctity of human life for people in their elder years. Preborn focuses on that part of human dignity when the child is conceived. And once the child is conceived, the parents have a decision to make. Are we parents or are we not? Well, the answer to that question is yes, you are. The question now is, what are you going to do with your child? And a preborn ultrasound gives that parent the knowledge that they need to make the best decision for their family. Now, if you're a pro-lifer like me, you're saying, well, that means you're either going to raise the child or put the child up for adoption. And 83 out of 100 women who go to a preborn clinic see the ultrasound, hear the heartbeat, that's what they determine. That's 83 out of 100. That means the other 17 choose door number three. So it's not perfect, but it's way better than if they didn't have that option at all. When you go to kbrightradio.com and hit the banner for preborn, or go to rogermarsh.com, there's a banner for preborn there. Or you can call 833-850-BABY and make a donation. 833-850-2229. Uh, I want to thank Robert for making a donation of $1,000 last week. Uh, we've had a very quiet week on the phones this week, but a $28 donation saves one life. A $140 donation saves five. $280 donation saves 10. $2,800 saves 1,000. We are at 229 kids right now, and our goal is 400. Will you help us get to that goal? Can we get to 300 by the end of the program today? 833-850-BABY is the number to call, 833-850-2229, or go to kbrightradio.com and click on the preborn banner. Uh, we'll take a quick break here, and when we come back, I want to look at the countries that actually signed this consensus saying that there is no constitutional or international law that declares a right for abortion in these different nations. Because when you hear the nations, you're going to ask the question, okay, well, these other nations don't seem like they're way ahead of the United States. Why did the U.S. pull out of something that the 2020 World Health Assembly came up with? I mean, usually when you hear World Health Organization and stuff like that, they seem to be all about abortion, but the World Health Assembly decided against it. Which nations have actually signed this bill and why did the U.S. pull out of it? We'll talk about that coming up next as the bottom line continues. Call Dennis Wilson and his team today at 800-696-9970. 800-696-9970. I get this comment a couple times a week. You know, should I stay in the market or should I get out? If you like the results of the last two years, stay in. If not, then we've got some great solutions to help you stop the bleeding, put the stitches in, and then go from there. I personally think that the current administration is going to continue the roller coaster of the market, and it's going to be especially hard for those who are living on a fixed income or nearing retirement. It's leading us down the road to where the huge majority of people who are studying what's going on think that a recession is almost here. And so with this administration we have, I would recommend you get away and stay away. Protect your resources in retirement with Wilson Financial Services. Call 800-696-9970. That's 800-696-9970. Or fill out the contact form at kbrightradio.com slash wilsonfinancial. Good News Friday edition of the Bottom Line Show. Welcome back to it. I'm Roger Marsh. I'm so glad you're here and uh, and helping out our friends at Preborn today. Uh, we have a goal of uh, raising support for another 50 kids uh, through the Preborn ultrasound technology that they use. Um, we have uh, actually, it's great. When we started this campaign, we wanted to get enough support for 400 kids to be saved. 
$28 per child on an ultrasound. You could do the math. We also hoped that maybe someone would step up and provide uh, the resourcing for an ultrasound machine. That's $15,000. Well, do you know that right now, as of today, November 18th, at about what's it, 4.15 in the afternoon, we have raised enough money to save 229 kids and provide one ultrasound machine for uh, a, a preborn clinic somewhere here in California. We're looking forward to that. Well, what's raised here stays here. And, you know, I, something tells me there's a bottom line listener who's listening to us right now says, I can do that ultrasound machine. There's a bottom line listener right now that says, I can do a $1,000 gift or I could do a $2,800 gift or I could do a $5,000 gift. Someone, your business has been blessed and you've got $15,000 that could cover the cost of an ultrasound machine. Remember, every dollar you donate goes exclusively to the ultrasound technology provided through Preborn, and it's all tax deductible. So as you're getting ready for the end of the year, keep an eye on that and make that donation as well. I would like to change the goal. Originally, our goal was 400 kids, and then we got an ultrasound machine, so now it's 401 ultrasound machine. I think we can do 402 ultrasound machines. 833-850-BABY is the number to call. Mention the bottom line when you do. 833-850-2229. You can also give a gift online through our website at uh, kbrightradio.com. There's a preborn banner there. Or at rogermarsh.com. There's a preborn banner there too. And that's just my name, R-O-G-E-R-M-A-R-S-H.com. We've been talking about the Geneva Consensus Declaration on Promoting Women's Health and Strengthening the Family. This is really good news. Uh, the declaration declares there is no international right to abortion. The U.S. was one of nearly three dozen countries, it was the U.S. and 31 others, that signed the document on October 22, 2020. You know who was president on October 22, 2020? It was Donald Trump. Uh, a week and a half later, the election of 2020 happened. Joe Biden became the president of the United States, and one of the first things he did once he took office in January was to withdraw the U.S. support from this Geneva Consensus Declaration. But who else is on this list? I mean, it's, I mentioned that it's now 37 other nations met this past week and re-upped their support for this. The U.S. is not one of them. But that's more than the last time. Here who is actually on the list. Now, Bahrain is on there. Benin, Brazil. Burkina Faso. Dennis Wilson will be happy about that. Uh, Congo, Cameroon, Egypt. Interesting. Majority Muslim country that uh, is pro-life. Uh, Guatemala, Haiti. Hungary, Indonesia. Now, check this out. Iraq signed this bill. Saudi Arabia signed this bill. Uh, South Sudan, we would understand. Sudan, they signed it too. Pakistan signed this. Poland, the Russian Federation signed this as well. All those nations are pledging to basically take the declaration that says there is no international right to abortion. Full stop. It's interesting because the Institute for Women's Health hosted a ceremony in the Russell Senate office building and featured remarks from U.S. lawmakers and diplomats from nations that have signed the consensus discussing efforts made by their countries to improve health outcomes for women and girls while rejecting the idea that abortion constitutes a form of women's health care. Uh, the Institute of Women's Health, by the way, is a nonprofit that works for advocating for optimal health and thriving for women of every phase of life. And you know what makes this such a great... I mean, it's nice to see that there are some Americans in that delegation, even though the U.S. on the whole will not sign this delegation. But pro-life, 
pro-family policies. These are pro-women and pro-women's health. Please don't let the left tell you or try to convince you that it's anything other than that. Giving a woman the right to make a decision about her own body means you give her the right to make the decision about how she's going to raise the child that is growing inside of her. The child that she played a part in conceiving, that she will carry. I mean, it's such a lie from the left that <clears throat> the giving a woman a right to choose, don't let the government tell me what to do with my body. We had a post on uh, social media after we had this conversation not too long ago here on the Bottom Line Show about someone who said, hey, wait a minute. I mean, uh, well, we had a caller on the Bottom Line Show too as well, said the government told me what to do with my body. I was 12 years old, sexually assaulted. Government told me I was having an abortion. 16 years old, got pregnant of my own volition. Government told me I was having an abortion. They didn't give me a choice as to what to do with my body. They told me exactly what to do with my body. It's the same thing, <clears throat> excuse me, it's the same argument when we hear these so-called separation of church and state people running around and say, oh, yeah, well, you know, we can't have the church getting involved in government. You can't have the church politicizing certain things. But then they'll turn around and say at the same time, oh, yeah, but uh, Maxine Waters was at the first AMB church last Sunday, and that's fine. Souls to the polls, registering Democrats at Black Church, that's fine. No problem. We'll tell you how to run your church, Pastor, but you can't tell us <clears throat> that you're going to run for office. Doesn't work like that. So there's a lot of hypocrisy on the left when it comes to the sanctity of human life and religious liberty. But this Geneva Consensus Declaration is really good news because it shows how many nations, even though their governments may be kind of nut jobs, it shows how many nations are willing to take a stand and say there is no international right to abortion. We'll put this good news up at thebottomlineshow.com. Take a quick break, and when we come back, the story of a former abortionist right here in uh, the People's Republic of California who talks about how starting out as an abortionist actually led him not only to become pro-life, but to become a thriving Christian. We'll talk about Dr. Vanson Wong of Sacramento coming up next as The Bottom Line continues. I was thinking about this over the weekend, uh, how many young women were voting in the last election, and they were voting because they thought their constitutional rights were being taken away. And what they didn't find out from the Democrat Party that was telling them this was that basically because Roe versus Wade was overturned, that they felt that there was this huge legal issue. And I wonder how many young women were so focused on the legal part, they forgot to focus on the baby part. Our friends at Preborn have been helping people for years understand, like a young woman who goes into the, the center, has an ultrasound. She's with her boyfriend, who's the father of the baby. Mom sees the baby for the first time and says, that's a baby. Dad hears the heartbeat and says, that's a baby. And they're actually surprised about this fact. But this is what Preborn does, tells the truth. And your $28 donation right now will help save the life of another baby. I mean, 83 out of 100 women who go to a Preborn clinic and get the ultrasound wind up keeping their child or releasing that child for adoption. We've saved over 200 babies so far during this campaign. Will you help us save 200 more? 833-850-BABY is the number to call. 833-850-2229 or click the pre-born banner when you go to thebottomlineshow.com or kbrightradio.com today. 
Welcome back to this Good News Friday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Great to wrap things up here today with some good news after a uh, a busy week, a kind of challenging week for a lot of people. But remember, the whole point of good news is to share the good news of the gospel. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. And those are our marching orders as well. Those of us who have responded to the gift of salvation because we've been given the gift of faith to receive it and we are motivated into the waters of baptism where we meet our our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and literally we are crucified with him and then we are risen uh, from that watery grave with our sins washed away just as if we had never sinned. Knowing that we will continue to sin in our sinful state and our sinful world, but now when we sin, we have a redeemer. We have a, a restorer with to whom we can take our sin, confess our sin. If we confess our sin, First John one tells us He is faithful and just. Not John, but Jesus. Jesus was faithful and just and will forgive our sin and purify us from all unrighteousness. So that's the that's where we find ourselves today. And we find ourselves living in that world against a backdrop of a culture that says, I want what I want when I want it. If I want to have sex, I'm going to have sex. If I get to have sex and I don't have any commitment to my partner and I really don't want to be pregnant, if a woman says that, then, well, my goodness, we're living in a culture right now where San Francisco has this uh, guaranteed income program right now, and it's available to people of 100 different gender descriptions. I'm just, that's the world we're living in. And yet in the middle of all that, it's amazing how many people are coming to faith in Christ and not only coming to faith in Christ, but doing so in areas where the world has told us for years, well, faith is a fairy tale, but science, yeah, science, that, that'll show history. Oh yeah. We study math. Oh yeah. But those, those disciplines give us what's real, but faith, that's just a fairy tale. Unless you're a Buddhist or a Hindi or you know, you get the idea. Uh, Dr. Vanson Wong uh, recently sat down with uh, Billy Hallowell, who's a dear friend of the Bottom Line Show, for a, uh, a podcast on, on CBN. And Billy writes for Faithwire, which is a CBN publication. And he said, you know, uh, I, I told myself when I started doing this that I'm doing this for all the right reasons. Well, the video's up at thebottomlineshow.com. Um it's funny, too, because when CBN News posted this on YouTube, they had to say doctor who terminated hundreds of pregnancies, not doctor who performed abortions, because chances are if they, you know, former abortionist is going to get flagged and taken down. Uh, Vanson Wong said he got into uh, doing abortions for the money. I said, here's the deal. Abortion was a, a legal service. I was providing a service to myself. It's legal in this country. By law, our, a healthcare company has to provide abortion services, and so it's got to be someone in our specialty. So I figured out if I if I didn't help out this cause, then, well, you know, it's there won't be enough people to do them, and I really felt I was doing my duty. Now, you know, I want to I want to commend Dr. Wong for for admitting that and for sharing that. I would be remiss if I didn't share how many people I've spoken with who used to be pro-abortion, who said the same thing. I thought I was being compassionate. I thought I was being helpful. Here's a woman in a crisis pregnancy, and I'm helping her out. This is health care for her because it would cause too much emotional distress. She'd be too uh, shocked and horrified and traumatized if she saw uh, the, the uh, ultrasound of the baby. And so therefore, trust me, 
Uh, to my knowledge, when you make a donation to Preborn, by the way, 833-850-2229, if you make that donation, $28 provides one ultrasound visit for a woman who's pregnant and wants the confirmation of the pregnancy through a pregnancy test and has the, um, uh, the ultrasound and gets to see the image of that little guy or that little gal and hear the heartbeat in the womb. The abortion industry will tell you that that appointment is too traumatic for her and it could cause problems with her health. The only reason it's traumatic is because they're saying eliminate the tissue, get rid of that clump of cells. But when she sees the ultrasound, she's going to see that baby's face and say, oh, my gosh, he has his father's chin. Dr. Wong said he thought he, he used to do what they call the, the DNC, the dilation and cuterage or cuterage. Uh, the cervix is dilated so the uterine lining can be scraped to remove tissue. This is a common procedure for women post-delivery. Sometimes if they have something where the uh, cervix isn't closing properly or whatever. But doctors have used this for years to actually abort the child. So Dr. Wong says, hey, it was obvious in the sense we're, before the abortion, you have to do an ultrasound, right? How big's the baby? What are you doing? If you're wrong or she's not pregnant, you might do some horrible damage. So he thought he was being compassionate, but then all of a sudden he, he said it took him a couple of years for him to become a Christian even after he said, Wait a minute, God showed me this was wrong. He said, when I became a Christian, it was not an instantaneous connect the dots, oh my gosh, people are infinitely valuable, made in God's image moment. He said he recalled a, a tragic event where he was tasked with caring for an 18-year-old woman who had given birth the day before and had an emergency hysterectomy. He said, it was my responsibility to take care of her during the night as she recovered, and for reasons I still don't understand, she didn't survive. And that tragedy was beyond words, and I remember every moment of that six-hour period like it was yesterday. I had to face the reality that when it came time to make, really make a difference, I failed abysmally. And he had some other medical challenges as well. But finally, when his pastor preached on abortion in the early 2000s, when the debate on partial birth abortion happened, all of a sudden he said, it made sense. I realized that abortion was something I should no longer be participating in. And even as a devout Christian who continued to abort babies, he finally renounced that and relinquished it. God will use anything that happens in our life to bring us closer to him. God can use all things to work together for our good for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. As we lovingly, with compassion and respect, with gentleness and respect, share our faith with other people, be prepared for a little bit of hostility or maybe a lot, and then eventually... Let God do the work and let him redeem the people that he is going to redeem in and through us. That is the good news, the essence of preaching the gospel, and that's the bottom line.